I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome, one and all, to episode 244 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I am your host, Victor. And this episode, we have one of my patrons, Mr. Twisted Steve Hoker, the Hokenator, the OG, the first person to hop on board, Patreon. No surprise, really. He's one of the people that supports me the most when it comes to liking and sharing content that I release. Uh, always a pleasure to talk to Steve. If you've ever listened to us talk in the past, we're from a few towns over from one another, but have never met. We met through the internet. So it's interesting how that whole dynamic works. We talk about hard rock, talk about metal. We talk about music, wrestling. We're both big wrestling fans and we talk about wrestling quite a bit behind the scenes. So uh, it's only natural that we went there with the episode. Uh, I could you know, interview. Okay. So what I'm trying to say is this interview isn't one that's going to grab headlines, but it's just a fun talk with a good friend about things that we enjoy. So I hope that you guys enjoy listening to the episode. And again, thank you for being here and listening to the show. Hopefully if your day sucks, this helps cheer you up or get you out of out of that mood. If your day doesn't suck, hopefully it makes it better. Hopefully it doesn't make it suck. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I always like giving back to my patrons. We are going to have a Patreon discussion, band discussion in November. We did talk about Judas Priest the last time, Motley Crue and Iron Maiden previous to that. We haven't picked a date yet. We haven't picked a band yet. But if you do want to make sure that you're on board for that, go to patreon.com forward slash Mars Attacks podcast. And for as little as two bucks a month, you can get in on the Patreon group. There's also links to all of the places where you can follow, like, share, uh, including Patreon up on MarsAttacksRadio.com, where you can find out about all the various tiers and what is involved in each tier for Patreon, including being part of these band discussions. Uh, I realize that not everyone can make them due to the fact that I got to try to work with my time and what time is available in the States. You know, I try to make it 6 p.m. Eastern because I know a lot of people are out of work by then. I know that a lot of people aren't out of work or they have other family activities. So it's difficult to Hop on board, but you've always got the podcast to listen back to, or you can jump up on YouTube and watch the replay. In any event, I do want to send a quick shout out to my patrons here. I want to thank them for all of their support. And um, looks like we are back to 12 again. Looks like uh, Rob Rowe is back. But uh, outside of Rob Rowe, we have the metal chef, Mr. Johan Erdström up in Sweden. We have Metal Dan, Jerry from Long Island, Jose from Connecticut, 
We have Chris Vaglio from the Chris and Amanda show. We have the metal dentist, Mr. Gabriel Ruiz. Mark Striegel from Talking Metal. The son of Yarg. Brad Dahl from Yarg Metal. Mike Jones. No, not the Mike Jones that uh, John Bush knows. Uh, but our Mike Jones. We have Jeremy Weltman in the UK who has his patrons pick coming up in a few moments. And the host or the co-host, the guest for today's episode, that is Mr. Steve Hoker. Want to mention that we have a few cool interviews coming up. Drew Fortier tonight to talk about the new album from the Lucid. Gary Shea from Alcatraz will be on Monday at a special time. 12.30 Eastern, 9.30 a.m. Pacific, uh, 5.30 in the U.K., 6.30 in Europe. And uh, what else? We have Return to Earth next Friday at the usual time. And we have Mars Attacks Radio, sh Mars Attacks Radio, Mars Attacks Radio Show. <laughs> there you go. Uh, up on Spotify, if you look up Mars Attacks Radio, you will find it. It is a pilot episode, uh, still figuring out what I'm going to do with that. Other projects in the works. Again, if you jump on Patreon and get the exclusive Patreon podcast, the Victor M. Ruiz podcast, which is me, you get to hear all the behind the scenes stuff about all the projects that I'm working on to try to bring a lot of other cool stuff into the Mars Attack Signals from Mars fold. Here's Jeremy Welpin with Patreon's Club. Hi everyone, what an incredible week! On MarsAttacksRadio.com this week, Victor has listed a humongous amount of albums. 31 albums, two EPs, an Aussie reissue, a live album, and just to cap it all off, the Judas Priest 50 Heavy Metal Years of Music box set. What could be better than that? A band, incidentally, that uh, Victor's patrons, including myself, discussed in a recent live podcast. Check that one out if you can. It was a lot of fun. Love doing that. So this week, I think Victor thinks he knows what patrons pick is. And that's because he's actually put a few samplers on his Patreon group page. And me and a few other patrons were quite taken with the new stuff by Alcatraz and Lords of Black. So their two new albums are really, really great. And there's certainly be worthy picks in any other week. Um, I'm listening to those. I'm probably going to pick them up. I'm going, to, I'm going to buy those myself. But they are not patrons pick this week. What? I hear Victor saying. Yes, they are not, Victor. There are certainly sh big shout outs for the Devoid album, Lonely Eye Movement. Uh, another big shout out for the Grandmaster with Skywards. Uh, I also like the Tom Morello album. It's pretty cool. Um, it's called The Atlas Underground Fire. Uh, there's lots of collaborations on that, so there's plenty to choose from. Um, there's the Gemini Syndrome album, the Doug Pinnock album. Uh, there's a really great one from Finland's uh, Leverage with um, an album called Above the Beyond. But none of those are patrons picked this week. In fact, the patrons picked this week is School of Thought by Dead. This is Arizona in-your-face new metal. It's only their second studio album after Misanthrope in 2017. It has 11 songs that just seem to get better with every play, in my opinion. 
from the opener Ghost to Love Song featuring Maria Brink from In This Moment. You've got Persona. Um, you've got a song called Ten Minutes, which is great, Underwater. And then the closing pair of Half Alive and, and uh, Lost. It's, it's an actual relentless fairground ride of fist-pumping, mosh pit, festival anthems. It twists, it swirls, it leaves you in a heap of exhaustion, but at the end of it, you're fully satisfied. All I can say is take a listen for yourself. It's a great album. It's Dead, it's School of Thought, and it's Patron's Pick. I actually said, wow. I said, wow, several times. Holy shit. Never in a million years did I think that Jeremy would pick dead. And it's funny because I was watching Joshua Toomey's live stream yesterday on NotFest, and he played the leadoff single off of that album. And instantly... I thought of Paradise Lost more so than New Metal. There's just something to it that reminds me of what Paradise Lost did in the 90s. But hey, what do I know? Uh, thank you guys for checking this episode out. As always, I appreciate the fact that you decide to spend time with me and this show and Jeremy's pick and tonight Steve Hoker or today I'm saying tonight because I recorded it at night, but whatever. Anyway, thank you once again for being here. Enjoy the interview. Welcome, everyone, to the October 15th edition of the Signal Among some other ones, we're going to choose the option for login. We now have the login option, at which point we can set all the parameters that we want. Christ almighty. If it's not one thing, it's something else. I mean, this is... Ridiculous. <laughs> That's how um, I speak now. Yes, you can speak now. My guest, Mr. Twisted Steve Hoker, the Hokenator. <laughs> have we settled on a nickname yet? Whatever you want to call me. <laughs> All right. How would I call you, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> that works for me. There you go. Uh, we have Jose in the chat early. Hello, sir. How are you? I hope. You and uh, and the kids are well. Uh, we are entering the fall season here. Not entering. I guess summer officially ended, but the weather here is starting to feel like fall weather. I don't know what it's like in New Jersey. Today, it's really hot. It's like close to 80. Yeah, so that's as... That's, as, uh, that's, that's New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, that's as, that's as fallish as you could get, I guess. But Yeah, it was... Probably close to low 60s last night, but yeah, hopefully the cool weather comes in soon. Well, we're rolling. It says 60 and cloudy on my computer right now, so I'll take its word for it. Okay. And why not? Yeah. But um, obviously this is a season that is a big deal for metalheads in general. The The... I was going to say the holiday season, the uh, Halloween season, <laughs> damn it. Well, it's ho- holiday season for me. There you go. So um, 
Halloween and metal or horror and metal. Um, what are some of the first things that come to thought that come to mind to you when you think of that combination? Uh, the Misfits Scream video. Ah. Which is a, a really good Halloween-y kind of song and, and video. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, the band Fury just released uh, a video today. It's Hell is Here, I think. Okay. And that's a, a very uh, inspired, very similar kind of feel. Okay. Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, of course, the Misfits overall are perfect for Halloween season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, I, w- I will say this, that in the next room over, I do have that on VHS, Scream. It was actually given okay. to me by uh, Jerry Only. Oh, cool. So at a uh, Kiss uh, Expo. And um, what the, did give the you that funny that thing expo? there. What's that? What didn't I get? Well, I at that got expo, the, it seemed uh, like that was like the awesome uh, expo there for you. Well, we had um, it was Jerry only Doyle had. I don't know if no, it may have been Dr. Chud who was there. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'd seen them there the year before and they had released some some dolls, actually. Mm-hmm. And I actually have, I think I've shown you the pictures uh, many times where it's um, it's Doyle and it's um, Jerry only. Yep. And Jerry, they're both signed, but Jerry actually personalized it to me. And cool. since he was leaving when I showed up, he says to me, um, are you into wrestling? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, we're on WCW, right? I'm like, yeah, of course. And, um, and he says to me, well, since I'm leaving, you know, I was charging people for this earlier, but I'll just give it to you. Cause it's left over. And he, um, mm. he goes ahead and signs, uh, the pictures. It's, it's them for the resurrection lineup with uh vampiro. And so I have that also. Um, which I've posted cool. it a few times. I don't know if I think I may have posted it in the wrestling group that we're in, but um, maybe, yeah, Scream actually, actually a um, a um, song that I played the other day. Um, I was I've, I've been for the longest time saying I gotta, you know, I gotta get on my drums again. I got to get on my drums again. I got to practice. I got to do, you know, something. And I said, you know what? Let me try the old, uh, uh, you know, the, the old set list that I did with the Misfits Mm -hmm. tribute. And there were some things that I played a lot better than I thought I would have. There are other things that I fast forwarded (laughs) because I, you know, I, I, what there were, they weren't songs that I was very fond of, but I did because, you know, the rest of the members wanted to do, Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I did, I did about half hour. Wasn't bad for not playing in, in quite a while. Yeah. So, um, I, I kept up with, with most of it, but, um, it's, it's always fun to play their stuff. Yeah. Misfits, definitely a, a band that comes to mind for me. Um, 
Kisses I Love It Loud video also has like, uh, mm-hmm. always, you know, like, uh, okay, so it's cheesy and whatnot to an extent with the melted phone and, uh, and, and a TV set. I forget the TV set was very symbolic at that time period. And I forget if, if that TV set is the same TV that I had or that one of my, um, one of my aunts and uncles had. Um, so it was cool to see, you know, wow, you know, they have the same TV set in that house as, as right. we do or that my aunt and uncle have. And, um, you know, that was, that was always another video, uh, that always comes to mind. And obviously because for Halloween, I mean, you could dress up as the misfits or kiss, uh, very sure. easily. So, um, and obviously there's, there are other things. I know that, uh, Scott Ian, for example, has been playing his favorite riffs lately. And he did the song Freddy Krueger, which was originally supposed to be in the nightmare on Elm street, uh, three soundtrack. Yeah. That's the one with dream warriors by Dokken. And at the last mm-hmm. second they switched them. Uh, so I've actually okay. seen pictures of them with Freddy Krueger that were promotional shots for, for the oh, movie. Yeah, but then, you know, last second, I guess Dokken was more of a commercial commodity. So they ended up going oh going with them. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because all these years later, you know, obviously Anthrax <laughs> probably has a lot more staying power than, than Dokken, right. obviously. Uh, now Dokken's kind of known for being uh, the song in the Dream Warriors. <laughs> right. For a lot of people, right. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is always, you know, a, a fun time of of the year. At least the the fall season for me is always great because the heat comes down, and more or less, I could. Yep, you and me both. <laughs> I can I can stomach the um, the fall weather. If I if it could be fall weather all year round, enough enough to wear shorts so that it isn't cold enough that you got to wear, you know, long pants. I that, that's yep. you know if we could get. High seventies, low eighties, all year round. I th- th- that would be perfect for me. So I wouldn't mind a little bit cooler, like you know, sixty-five to seventy is probably okay. my ideal. Like, okay, this is perfect. We can work on that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, throw on like a light flannel shirt and out the door you go. There you go. You know that that's ideal for me. Yeah, no I'm- sweating, no bugs. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, unfortunately, I've I live in a town where there are more cows than people, so there's always <laughs> there are always going to be flies here. But um, have you checked out a band called Ice Nine Kills? Doesn't sound familiar. Okay, because a lot of their stuff is um, a horror influenced. So they just okay. released the video. See if because I I I have this scheduled for later this week. Let's see if um let's see if I can pull up there. Okay, no, but this is tis not what I'm looking for, my fine friend. Uh, where's this? But that's what we'll show you. Yeah. Six days ago. Um, no, I think it would be this one. Like each video of theirs has a theme okay. surrounding like a different horror movie. Oh, that's cool. So, for example, 
Not sure why it's not allowing me to do full screen with this. This is based on uh, Pet Cemetery, for example. Okay. And this has a lot of like um, uh, guest appearances from people in other bands. Cool. Definitely interested to see what they sound like. Uh, let going, me see if going I can. by the pictures, what? it looks good, but <laughs> let's let me see. We'll play a small sound sample to make sure that we don't get kicked off of anything. So. <laughs> On the other side, but I'd kill to bring you back tonight. Don't give up, don't let go. Make this right. I'll take through summer and discuss ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Don't give up. All right, pretty cool. I would give it a shot. So they're they're usually a lot more uh, screamy here, but um, that. Uh, you know me, I usually like the cleaner vocals a little bit more anyway, so. Yeah. So, um, Jose, is, and I do want to say hello to um, uh, my brother who is in the chat. Signature instrument for the Misfits. Let me raise my finger for you there. Um, <laughs> so, the classic from back in the day, the Danzig years, when they were together in the in the late seventies, early eighties, for example, when Doyle joined the band, he actually played either a Ibanez Iceman, which Paul Stanley made famous, uh, and Rick Nielsen of Cheap Trick, or a Les Paul. Um, then years later, when they did the whole resurrection thing in the nineties, they had their their guitars customized by people now here's the thing for those that don't know the misfits make a lot of money at least the brothers do outside of the band because they own a machine shop that's made parts for nasa since the 60s basically um or at least their family owns that business so uh, like the guitar that doyle uses now I believe is all like carbon fiber mm -hmm. and he's made most of the parts on it and stuff because the guy that made the guitar for him, like he felt it was too cheap feeling that they, you know, because it has like those bat wings, it like breaks too easily and whatnot. So, um, so, so they, they make their, their own kind of stuff. They have been, uh, for years and, and obviously, you know, they're living off of the, uh, t-shirts and and all the imagery as well um jose wouldn't slipknot fit well absolutely mm -hmm. slipknot's another band that would slip that would slip well yes that would <laughs> fit well into the halloween motif you've got nine masks on stage yeah. so never seen them live that works i have not either i've, I've seen them see and and, and rob Rowe. I don't know if he took offense to me saying this or not when we did the Judas Priest thing. I said, have you ever seen them on TV live at least? Because that's that's kind of a joke that uh, my brother and I and my cousins would have because, for, first of all, it kind of started when we went to go see ACDC live on the Ball Breaker tour. And we got to see everyone but Phil Rudd because the video screen was covering him. 
at the old uh, Continental Airlines Arena at the new Nickelodeon place or whatever it's called now. It's, uh, um, is, did they change the name of the arena now? or is It's an amusement park. Well, now it's, it's Xanadu, right? Is the, the actual like Continental Airlines Arena an amusement park now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It's it's got the uh, the um, if you look it up, uh, Nickelodeon something or other is the name. They've oh, got the okay. big like Xanadu ski slope, and then they've got the Nickelodeon Park as the other part, and they've built like a mall around it. Okay, that mall that mall was being built before I moved <laughs> to Spain. Think, it they started. I think they finished it last year or something, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, I still haven't gone. Yes, Jose. IZOD, IZOD, Continental Airlines, Brendan Byrne Arena, and the new Nickelodeon, whatever it's called. Um, but uh, let's see. Um, oh, Black Sabbath Pantera there. Oh, you I, I did? Think I may have mentioned that on one of the shows. Uh, and we had seats behind the stage. And, okay. it was, you know, for seeing what's going on, like, it was definitely a cool experience because you're, you see backstage, like all the people right. like getting stuff ready and like tuning guitars and stuff. And it was just, it was a cool perspective. Right. You know, and I just, uh, I just remember seeing, um, crap. I totally blanked on his name. Uh, drummer for black Sabbath, uh, Bill Ward. Um, I oh. could see him playing and you just see like his back rippling while he's playing. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, not exactly a young man no. then either. So. No. I <laughs> still looks better than me without a shirt on. So, you know, I'm not making, but it was just something I noticed, like just with every like uh, drum beat, like his back would ripple. <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny thing recently, I mean, I talk about this in the chat all the time that um, I listen to the busted open podcast mm -hmm. all the time. And I guess for AEW's event at Arthur Ashe stadium, mm -hmm. They sold seats behind the entrance. Okay. So that's what um, Bully Ray was talking about, how being able to sit behind the stage, you get to see like a lot of stuff, like the performers mm -hmm. about to come out and when they come back and, and stuff like that, where you, you literally get to see behind the curtain at times. Yeah, I, I've, so, I've had a couple uh, seats like that at wrestling shows myself. Either that, like right behind it or right on the corner, and you can kind of see like people coming out. It's fun, you know. It's nice to see like different yeah, yeah, things. Yeah. yeah. So, so you, so you get to see the guys right before they're about to get into the ring, speaking to one another before they go yeah. out, or just like you know, running in place or something before they head out, or you know, psyching themselves up. Yeah. Right, right, right. I don't know if I yeah. ever had good enough seats where I actually saw like too much interaction with the wrestlers right uh, you know see them like come out and stuff and the the one time we saw them here in spain uh it was the same place where i got to see i got to see priest there priest with um saxon and motorhead and what they did was they cut off the they they only used half of the stadium basically mm -hmm. so Half is like about an 8,000 seater, which is usually what they shoot for when they do the tours anyways, anywhere between five to 10,000. Mm -hmm. um, so they had it curtained off. And it's funny because behind their stage, 
the curtain was kind of open. So you could see when people were peeking out to see, you know, who was out there, mm-hmm. you could see you know, uh, behind the scenes when people were walking back to the dressing room or walking to the, uh, to where they were going. It was the one advantage to having the last possible row in the venue. <laughs> Cause we found out at the last possible second that they were going to be here. So it was, yeah. it was funny. Like what, what seats are left? Well, you got, you've got like 20 seats in the last row. All right. Well, that's what we're getting. Yeah. Sometimes those seats are good. I mean, the people look small, but you, you see everything then. Right. You know, so sometimes they're better seats. You know, I mean, true. It, it's not as good as being like front row, like dead center or something, have people like sweat on you. Well, that might be better, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but having like being able to see like the whole show as it's like supposed to be seen, like the all the screens and everything. Right. You know. Uh, to but. to um, respond to what my brother's saying, it would have been cool to see uh, or interesting to see Def Leppard like that. Uh, they used to have a lot of talent to help them with their angst on stage. Mm. Uh, well, um they they would have that talent waiting for them under the stage so that while the other people were solo, while the other members of the band were soloing, um, how do we put this lightly? Uh, they, they, they were uh, making sure that the whammy bar was in the right position uh, <laughs> under, sta- <laughs> under the stage. So um, yeah. Um, the, the, the good old, uh, 80s, 90s, and I'm sure that still goes on, but just in a uh, much more quieter way. We'll we'll find out in 10 or 15 years, (laughs) but, uh, you know. Um, You you mentioned being in the the first row. Let's be honest. I mean, you you have shared that you've been able to go to a lot of different events at the old uh, ECW arena. did you ever get to be that close? Did you like being that close or were you like one of the people that like to hang back at the ECW arena? No, I never had seats like that. I always sat in the bleachers. Oh, okay. Um, and I never even tried. It was just, you know, whatever had my bleacher section. It was, it was a bleacher that didn't have assigned seats, but uh, when you went right. like frequently enough, everybody kind of knew like, Oh, here's where you sit. You know, it was just funny. It was just a really, you know, no assigned seat really, but everybody kind of right. had their their place there. Um, but on a couple other shows, I've had front row, and I, I personally don't like it. I, okay. uh, I mean, I on a tame show, it's fine, but I don't want like you know a lot of times where people are getting thrown into your laps and stuff. You know, that, that's not for me. I'm like, yeah. I, I'd rather be chilling out back there and then like you know all the seats go flying all over the place and it's like oh where's my seat (laughs) right well and and outside from that if you're close to the ring you're just seeing one side of the ring you know Mm -hmm. where you're you're farther farther up you get a better view of you know if they just so happen to go on the other side of the ring and do something well maybe you're not even seeing what's going on yep especially with ecw where they were brawling in the crowd a lot you know half the time you wouldn't see a damn thing and no yeah. video screen back then. Right. Well, yeah. so it was just like, okay, was, I guess I'll watch it on TV. <laughs> yeah. That, that was a, a million count. Wasn't, wasn't a 10 or 20 count. So, no. uh, 
<laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so, um, as far as we we brought up, um, oh, there you go. Welcoming Johan up in Sweden. What's up, Johan? The metal chef here. So he's saying uh, he was front row for Nirvana at Roskill in 92. It was a battle. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. So if we're talking about being up front with shows, I got to see Nine Inch Nails at a, uh, at a small pavilion here uh, about an hour away from me. And I have no idea why they were playing this place. It, it, I mean, it may have been 3,000 people. You know, I've seen them at PNC, which with the lawn is what, 25, 30, something like that. Um, Somewhere around there. With, yeah, without, I think, I think the actual seated portion is like 15, 18, somewhere around there. And then, and yeah, the lawn seat. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so we got to see Nine Inch Nails from the front and it was cool. Well, there were two things that I will always remember. One, we weren't allowed to take pictures because it was the third date on the tour. Um, it was right before. Ah, shit. The concept album that, that they put out that has survivalism on it. I, f- I forget the name of the album right now, but um, we weren't allowed to take couldn't pictures. What's that? I said, I couldn't tell you. Oh, okay. What album? Um we weren't allowed to take pictures because he was negotiating with HBO to possibly do a series on the album. And there were certain, there was like imagery and different things that they were using that they didn't want to get out. When they did our show, they didn't play any new songs. The next night they debuted a new song. It was like, Mm -hmm. fuck, they couldn't have done it at ours. You know what, what they did do was they left USB drives all over the arena. And if you found them, it had three new songs on it. Um, well, that's cool. Yeah. And the other cool thing, too, was the stage at one point, I guess Metallica's kind of done this. The stage at one point, they had these like old looking like machine shop lamps come down where they mm-hmm. were like round with like, um, with like a metal net underneath. So the lighting, you know, it was there was a light like on each member, but then there were others like filling in between, but the rest of the stage was completely dark. So it gave like this, almost like the appearance of a, um, uh, how would I say this? Like an interrogation light almost. Mm -hmm. So I did get a quick picture of that on like the old uh, Motorola phone that I had at the time. I have that (laughs) somewhere, but um, it it was cool. The thing that like, Go ahead. It makes me laugh when they were like, oh, no pictures. And that's like, you'd see like the cell phone pictures from back then. It's like, you can't even tell what the hell's going on. Right, right. Well, it's like, it's not like I'm going to print this up and like make money off of this. Yeah. Well, you know, well, you know, when, when it looks like the less, it looks more blurry than like a Bigfoot picture. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's like, all right, all right no pictures. <laughs> Yeah, it was funny. The the when the uh when someone to the side would take a picture, we would um I would take a, a quick one. I told you not to take another picture. If you take another one, you're getting thrown out. All right, fine. After like about 10 pictures, I'm like, all right, I've taken enough. Let's uh 
let's just enjoy the show. <laughs> yeah. So the the other interesting thing was there was a band from Philadelphia that opened up for them. They were all Pakistani or all Indian uh, descent, and they were called the Popo. And <laughs> it was wacky, zany-ass music that okay. was just like weird, like shit you would expect to hear, like on Dr. Demento type stuff. <laughs> it, it, it was It was really... Interesting. Let, let, let me see real quick. Interesting. I like when uh, bands take out like this, just a random thing in right. order to have open their show. I saw Garbage once and they had a, a magician open for them. <laughs> That's interesting. Very weird. <laughs> All right. So let me. Uh... Again, let's see if we can get away with playing a little of this. The Popo okay. with apples and rings. <laughs> the beginning sounded like one of those like haunted house uh, records from back in the day. Well, the 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 entire show was full of that okay. stuff, like all those kind of drone effects. <laughs> it was it was kind of cool. So, I don't know how much of it I could listen to, but you know, it was definitely <laughs> it was cool. Like I would probably own it <laughs> and listen to it. They're, they're, here they, yeah, I would say this was probably one of their better songs. So <laughs> it, uh, it did have like a weird uh, little nine inch nails ish vibe to it. Once yeah. the once yeah, it kicked there's, in. There's like a, a few breakdowns that are very like sixties psychedelic type stuff mm-hmm. mixed into it as well. It's it's interesting. Yeah. But um have you speaking ever, of playing music? Well, go ahead. Uh, I was I gonna say if you, you ever heard uh it's a guy called That One Guy. No. All right. He uh, opened for Buckethead a few times, and he, <laughs> and he has, like, this instrument that I, I honestly, I can't tell if it's just a, uh, just for effect that he plays it or if it actually does do, like, the sounds. Like, I don't know if he has it programmed ahead of time, but it's, like, made out of, like, a vacuum cleaner tube and, like, kind of looks like an upright bass it's just weird like it, it doesn't look like a real instrument right but he kind of plays it almost like an upright bass and he just has like these weird songs and uh so yeah i, I don't know if it's um you know, on an album it just sounds like programmed like stuff 
But right. live, he makes it look like he's actually playing like all the noise and like has rings on his hands to like slap on the the tubes and stuff and get like the percussion. Oh wow! And stuff. It it was fun. It was definitely uh well. It, it, well, look look at all the DJs and and different things nowadays where they just show up with a USB drive yeah. and just pretend to be spinning records and doing all that stuff. So yeah, who knows? So I don't Shit, know. I'll I'll. I've said it a million times. Time I saw Dragon Force, they weren't playing. So <laughs> the, the dude was definitely quirky enough to be opening for Buckethead, though. So. Right. Well, that's the that's the thing. He fit the motif. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, uh, my um, I was gonna say, no, go ahead. I was gonna go say ahead. my uh, friend and I were debating like if he was actually playing something or if it was just you know programmed. And he was playing to a tape. Mm-hmm. And if it was that he was playing to a tape, he had it down pat because it mm-hmm. whatever he was doing on the instrument, it really looked like, well, I guess that's how you would make that noise with that. <laughs> <laughs> so the opposite of when I saw Dragon Force. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when, when a whole note is being played and comes out of the uh, speakers and they're not even strumming. <clears throat> Something weird there. Yeah. Um, I I do want to bring up the fact that, um, oh, and I talked to you about this yesterday. Uh, For the first time in, I don't know how many years, maybe 10 years. That's got to be less because I did the two radio things with Mark. Uh, There's a uh, Mars Attacks radio, which I just uh, uploaded to. Anchor, which is owned by Spotify. And, you know, I've been deliberating back and forth for a while now if I was going to do something with this platform or not. I know that a lot of people are against it because of um, uh, what Spotify pays people and so on and so forth. So, um, and that's fine. If, if people want to go that route, that's cool. But this is the only way that I can legally include music and what I do outside of clearing music, which would mean that I would have to pay hundreds of dollars per episode uh, to use people's music. So you don't want to do that. What I do, I, I wish I had, you know, I could afford to have that sort of a problem Yeah. to, to be able to uh, clear music, you yeah. know, ah, it's a couple hundred dollars. Who cares? Yeah. Put on the Mars Wait. attack company. Card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Give him the diamond card. Just pay for it. What do you mean? You don't want to pay for it. F them. Just pay for it. You know, unfortunately, don't have that that sort of a problem in my life. Uh, so no. anchors no. what I need to use. <laughs> and, um, and the first episode I uploaded it, um, like a dope. I was like, oh, I can just import this RSS and it'll work on my phone. And I had tried it a few times before the episode was actually cleared by them. And then you mentioned that you couldn't import it into your iPhone. And I was like, crap, Mm -hmm. I forgot to look at this again. So I submitted the feed to Apple yesterday. They usually take anywhere between three to five days to approve a new RSS feed. So once that's up there, I'll... um, I'll go ahead and um, and share the link with you and share the link with everyone, actually, so that they can subscribe to it. 
But uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to do this show once a month, every two weeks or, or whatever. Uh, the feedback I've gotten so far has been really good. Um, people have come out of the woodworks to say, you know, that they were missing this type of a show. Uh, other people saying that it was really cool. Um, so I appreciate all the feedback that people have given me so far. And and all I really did, I, I honestly wrote up a script, a loose script, uh, because I know that I can talk for long amounts of time. And I only wanted to make like something that was 20 minutes to half an hour so that it's easy for people to just put it on and listen. And if you're a uh, Spotify uh, if you subscribe to Spotify, it plays the songs in its entirety. If you don't subscribe to Spotify, it's a 30-second clip that they automatically pick. I have no say in what what's actually um, played or, or what chunks of the songs are played. So basically, during the episode, uh, I play a track by The Ugly Kings. I play a track by... Um, um, let's see... Edge of Paradise, I play a track from Unleash the Archers. I may be missing someone. I think that there's five things that I played. I know that I ended with Metallica. But, uh, oh, yeah, Suncrow, who was on Ripple Music. And essentially, what I did was I mapped this out based on who I had on the show, you know, over the past mm -hmm. few months. And right. basically used it as a tool to say, hey, I'm playing their music at the same time. If you want to check out this cool interview, check out episode so-and-so. It's there. I get mm -hmm. to talk to them. So it's, it's kind of a way to promote everything, much like I do this live show to get people to the podcast, to get people from the podcast here. It all ties into one another to help fill people's uh, <laughs> days with, with my random uh, banter and uh, hopefully it helps your day go by easier. Right. But, um, and, and there are a few other things that I've mentioned that, um, that I'm working on behind the scenes. Uh, if you're a member of the Patreon exclusive podcast, I've actually spilled the beans on the other two projects that I'm looking into. But uh, we'll see. I did. I did a test run tonight. It's, it's up there on social media anyway. I did a test run for uh, Fireside tonight, and there's still some quirks. I did like ten minutes of broadcasting on that. Uh, the cool thing that Fireside will allot me that um, it's similar to this, in the sense that there's a lot of audience participation. The difference is that when you're in the audience, at the moment you can only use your phone to use the app. So your phone is going to have a mic and it's going to have a camera. So if there's people that want to come up on stage and talk, they request to come up on stage and you can approve it and they go up and then you could have, you know, I could pull you up on stage or I could pull any of the people that are in the chat up on stage without needing to send links or without having to do any of that sort of thing. So it's just another way to try and expand what I do and, and bring more people in. I love all you guys that are in Patreon. Um, I just let, like to grow the family mm -hmm. some more. That's no, all. absolutely. <laughs> and I want you to be able to, too. You know, I, yeah, it's kind of like when uh, 
you know, you have you finally get in early on an artist, and uh, you know they're they're your they're your band, and then people right. are mad when they make it big, and I'm happy for them. I'm like, this is awesome. They're finally getting the yeah. recognition they deserve. So it's exactly <laughs> it's exactly how I feel about you. You know, I want you to I want you to get that Mars Attacks company credit card. You know. <laughs> Well, by that time, I'm sure tops would sue me over the name, but, uh, but we'll see. Um, all right. The, the V the VMR company card. How about that? There you go. (laughs) The VMR IT company card for all your web design and audio editing needs. Right. Um, see, so my brother's chiming in with Victor, you and Domenica should have a show if you ever need to fill dead air. <laughs> Domenica's my uh, brother's sister-in-law, who's also a YouTuber. Okay. Um, she does cosmetic videos, if I'm not mistaken. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I need to speak to uh, my publicist, my, my nephew, to see if that's a prudent move or not. <laughs> Um, he, he seems to, uh, like giving, he, 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 he likes being people's biggest cheerleaders when it comes to all the streaming stuff. So I, I, I gotta see if, uh, if, if the others, if the other Victor thinks that that's a, uh, a good move or not. And I'm saying that in a jocular manner. So anyway, so I have competition for being uh, people's cheerleader. And retweeting and no, sharing my, and stuff. Uh, well, I <laughs> obviously again the the guy um, the 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 guys that are in are in my Patreon are obviously the biggest cheerleaders. I mean, you and and Jeremy and and Brad. Um, when it comes to doing things on social media. Uh, there's Bill Elam, there's Rob Rowe as well, who's no longer in Patreon, but he still shares my stuff. So there's there's like a handful of people that share a lot of what I do. And that's that's awesome. You know, I, I get it. I, I say it all the time that I understand not everyone uh, wants to be in Patreon, but there are others that just like to listen and, and share the episodes. And that's mm-hmm. cool, too. That still helps. Yeah. Um, today, I I was kind of fumbling before I came on. Uh, I, I almost logged in late because I was uh, trying to do a last minute post. And, um, and I noticed on Instagram that Phil Rind of Sacred Reich um, reposted something that, uh, that I posted. Um, I, I interviewed him late last year and posted, I think it may have been, the beginning of this year, but anyway, uh, doing a crazy amount of work on my website this week, I set something up that would go in and re share essentially, uh, 10 posts, 10 or not 10, a hundred podcasts that had previously come out. And that was one of them. He saw that and he shared it on the sacred right page and on his page, which to me is beyond cool because that's someone that I wanted to interview for years. Sure. Uh, so to have him do that uh, to me was, was great. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah. little Victor's proud to have an uncle on the air. And I, 
I like after the shows where uh, a lot of times Victor, my nephew, will want to talk to me and, and want to talk behind the scenes <laughs> things about uh, the show and, uh, and, and listeners and viewers. And, and then he'll want to talk about uh, different music things. It's funny. He's going to be uh, Brian Johnson for Halloween. <laughs> the first time I saw it, I, I couldn't stop laughing. That's awesome. Uh, he looked so fun. <laughs> Yeah. How old is he? Um, he's going to be 10 in December. Well, that makes it even better. He's a little kid yeah. being Brian Johnson. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, it's funny because the last time we spoke, he asked me, he said, um, who's, who's more popular? I said, he's going to be 10. I know he's still nine. He's going to be 10 December 28th. <laughs> don't make me <laughs> raise my finger. Um, so, uh, yeah. So he asked me, he, he says, uncle Victor, um, who's, who's more popular, Brian Johnson or Bon Scott? I'm like, Whoa, that's a question that, uh, every nine year old asks that. <laughs> yeah. There have been fights for years, you know, over, over these kind of things. So, um, so I'm like, well, you know, personal preference. I go, but if we want to talk about sheer album sales, Brian Johnson has sold more albums, but maybe there are more songs by Bon Scott that people know. I said, it, it really all depends mm -hmm. on, on a lot of things. But I mean, people know a lot of songs by each guy. I mean, I, I think that easily, I think from each era, what, maybe 10 songs by each singer people know easily off the top of their head, yeah. like if they remotely know hard rock and, yeah. and metal music. And to be honest with you, I would think like the average person probably doesn't even know that they're two different singers. Correct. Yeah. That That's that's another thing that, that I always talk about, how people don't understand that when these bands do these stadium shows, they're usually filled with casual fans. Mm -hmm. So although some bands like ACDC or Metallica do rotate their sets, well, ACDC does from tour to tour, Metallica does every night, they tend to swap in and out like deeper cuts to, to make the diehards mm -hmm. happy. ACDC does that. But they still have mm -hmm. to play you know, hell's bells and highway to hell and back in black and, and things like that. Right. So it's funny that people will criticize them for that, but Hey, they're, they've made their living off of this. They, they need to make, right. unfortunately the, the, the majority of the fan base that's there to see them mm -hmm. happy, not just two or three people. Yeah. If you, if you only, if only like the hardcores could have a ticket to the show, they wouldn't be selling out like giant stadium or, you know, right. I, I don't even know if they could sell out like, uh, trying to think the stone pony. If you have like these diehard <laughs> fans that are like, don't play back in black. Don't play this. You know, you got to play like, well, you know, deep cuts here, or nothing. Here's my suggestion. Well, here's my suggestion to that. And I don't understand why bands haven't done this. The Rolling Stones did this on one tour in the 90s. They would play a stadium show. After the stadium show, they would go to like a small like club or bar in New York, mm -hmm. charge like $1,000 a pop, 
And then they would do a third show the next night. And that show in the small, intimate places, um, they would only play deep cuts. And they would say it right off the bat. This is only going to be a deep cut show. So it's only going to be for the diehards. Mm. It's only going to be for 200 people. So if you want to hear all those songs, you know, if if you want to hear um, uh, Captain Howdy, um, which isn't usually played, sure. then, then that means you got to go to the small club, pay a grand mm-hmm. per person, and we'll play that for you. And that's why I think a lot of these older bands are missing the mark and going out and doing some of these tours where they've got half empty arenas because, well, they're just going to do, you know, they're not rotating any of their sets. Right. You know, they're they're playing the same 15 songs they've been playing since 1982. Mm -hmm. So, and they're wondering why ticket sales are dwindling. Well, people kind of want to see more than one new song and one, song from your back catalog, True. you know, so do one of these shows. You, you charge a boatload of money, which makes it worth your while, and you do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Kiss with the Cruise was doing that initially, where they would they would play all of these deeper cuts for people. And on the last tour, all they did was the hits. And I complained online. I said, you know, this is kind of bullshit. If I'm paying six to eight grand or a lot more for a ticket, mm-hmm. I want to see a special show. Right. I don't want to see them just do the same old, same old where I could have paid a hundred bucks to see them. Right. And I, I would you think know, the I'm, Kiss Cruise would probably be diehard Kiss fans. You yeah, know, you're I, you're not gonna get you're not getting your casual like soccer Yeah, you're not getting your cruise person yeah. that's like, oh, we always go on cruises. Let's do this cruise. You yeah. know, it's, so <laughs> yeah. I would think that you know that would be where I'd get like the deep cuts. So I could see people being pissed. You know who? You know who did that for a tour? Def Leppard. Def Leppard tried to do, and and a lot of bands have tried doing the the cruise thing. Kiss is like one of the only ones that I know of that have done their own tour or their own cruise. But obviously, they always bring other bands with them. They've had Steel Panther and and Skid Row, and Fozzie, mm. and different things like that. And as a result, Chris Jericho has done his own cruise now. But what does he do? He mixes music with wrestling there. So he's bringing two crowds together. And comedy, mm. yeah. And and you're getting a, a little of, of everything, so you're filling that out. But Def Leppard tried to do that. And this is the uh, cruise where Jimmy Bain of Last in Line died, actually. He okay. died on the cruise. I remember that. I forgot um, what cruise it was, but okay. It, it, was, the, it was the Def Leppard cruise because um, Vivian Campbell is in Def Leppard. Last in Line had played the night before. He went on the cruise. They were supposed to play, I think, one of the nights mm-hmm. as well. But the the problem is they couldn't sell enough tickets so half of the cruise was Def Leppard and half was just a regular cruise. So you had people complaining about the noise, people complaining about the music, people complaining about the other people that were on board because they had no recollection that they were that they were going to be on a Def Leppard mm. cruise, basically. That sounds like a nightmare you waiting know? to happen. Absolutely. 
And then couple that with the fact that they had to go into a port they weren't scheduled to go into because they found the next day they found Jimmy Bain dead in bed. Um, he, so he had cancer. Yeah, and he he passed away in his sleep. So um, just a just a weird situation. Um, you would think that at this level too, they would have some type of marketing people that would know how to point them in the right direction for this stuff. Because yes, Def Leppard has sold more albums than Kiss. Hysteria alone has sold more albums than Kiss, but. Do they have the same diehard following? I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so I mean, either. I could be wrong, but... <laughs> uh, no, but I think it comes down to what we're saying. I think they have a lot of casual fans. Mm-hmm. They they have a lot of, you know, soccer moms that are looking to win tickets off of Z100, you know, when they play Pour Some Sugar on right. Me. Um, but they're not there to hear Die Hard the Hunter, mm-hmm. you know, or Billy's Got a Gun or, you know stuff like that. So for example, when they do their Vegas shows, um, <laughs> uh, when they've done their Vegas shows, it's been like that. I, I have a DVD of theirs that they did the, um, the Viva Hysteria DVD or Blu-ray. I've watched the second Blu-ray once and that Blu-ray is them playing Hysteria. The first blu-ray is two hours of them playing stuff from before they got signed all the way up to pyromania and that's what i wanted mm-hmm. i didn't want to hear you know the the hits that we've already heard a million times or that we've seen in other you know dvds already mm-hmm. i i wanted something different yeah. so i've i've watched the uh ever living crap out of that stuff as a result yeah. So, um, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna. I like the the random stuff too. You know, I'm not necessarily Def Leppard, but you know, because I, I am just a casual fan of theirs myself. Right. So I, I, if I went, I would probably be disappointed if I didn't hear the songs that we all know from the radio, personally. But right. I also probably wouldn't go see Def Leppard. Like I probably wouldn't buy a ticket. I would go see Def Leppard. But it wouldn't be the re- mm-hmm. I wouldn't go see them if they were like the main thing and there was no, no other band that I was really familiar with to go see. And I'm I'm sure they're I always hear how amazing they are. So it it's not it's nothing against them whatsoever. It's just for me personally, mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't go out of my way to go see them. Right. And and let's face the facts. The most of their tours over the last few years, it's been them with Journey, with mm-hmm. Foreigner, with Kiss. Uh, this stadium tour that they're doing is Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Poison, Joan Jett, and I think uh, not Dirty Honey, but it's another mm-hmm. like newer band. This is the opener. Yeah, that would probably. But to my, I, I wasn't planning on going because I just. I just don't really go to that many shows anymore, but uh, that right. would probably be how I would see Def Leppard. Cause I, I've never seen poison right. and they've, they've always been one of my favorite bands. I've just never seen them live. Um, so I would see them. I would see Motley Crue who I've seen a bunch of times. So, and Joan Jett, I've never, I saw her at WrestleMania, but 
never an actual like full blown tour. Um, yeah, but I would that would probably be how I would see Def Leppard. Or if they were headlining, I might say, okay, after Motley Crue, I'm heading out and beating traffic. um so um i got to see poison once on the rock never stops tour it was poison warrant um enough's enough and quiet riot okay i my goal there was to see quiet riot which is you know band that i've always loved up until a certain point <laughs> where, where the, the ship just, you know, went off, went off a waterfall or whatever you <laughs> want to say it, or went into a whirlpool in the middle of the ocean, got eaten up by the Kraken, whatever. <laughs> um, but I thought that poison put on a good show. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was surprised. Um, <laughs> and um, it, it was better than I expected. Uh, I thought warrant was, was okay. I thought enough's enough was, was all right. Uh, but I was happy seeing quite right. It was with the uh, classic lineup. That was the last tour they did with, with that mental health lineup. So that was kind of cool. Uh, so let's see. So my brother's saying money, not being an object, who would you pay money to see play deep cuts? Um, all things considered. Oh, well, I mean, for me, for me, it's easy. It's it's either going to be Kiss or Iron Maiden, uh, or 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 maybe even Ozzy. But um, to me, it would come down to whether the show would be a train wreck or not. You know, because the 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 first time I got to see Kiss was during one of their farewell tours with Ace, <laughs> with Ace and. Um, uh, and Peter, and it was dreadful. So I never want to see a show like that. Or uh, Marilyn Manson. The one time I got to see Marilyn Manson, fucker comes out last twenty minutes of the show, just him in a blue Stratocaster, just strumming away, sweet dreams. Like, are you kidding me? He did sweet dreams, beautiful people, and some other nonsense. Just him and a Telecaster. I was like, let's, let's, let's get in line. Let's, let's get in front of the stage to see suicidal tendencies. This, this is like one of these things where uh, I, I need a palate cleanser right now. This, this can't be, this can't be it. Anything. <laughs> Anything. Yes. Just get me away from here. And it was someone who I wanted to see for the longest time. Cause if I think about it, I've seen Metallica several times and, um, and they always play something, you know, that I've never seen them play before because yeah. they always rotate stuff. So, so that, I mean, I wouldn't pay top dollar for that because I know I'd see it anyway. Right. <laughs> you know, Motley Crue, the way that Vince Neil sings, I would not play top, top dollar to, um, to hear <gasps> yeah. every, uh, every 10 seconds. Yeah, I'm not paying top dollar to uh, sing the songs better myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there you go. Or where I'm singing Does more it, of the songs than he is. Yeah. Yes, I f- I forget I forget what comedian said. Next time I see a singer put out uh, a mic over the crowd, I'm gonna say, "You sing, motherfucker! I paid you to. <laughs> I paid 
I'm paying to see you sing. Sounds like, why should why should I come here to do your job? Sounds like a Don Jameson or Jim Brewer joke. It it could be, you know, but that's that's the whole thing. Yeah. Um, Ozzy again, Ozzy in optimal conditions. If we could get him away from the same set list that he's always done, mm-hmm. it, to see him throw in songs that he hasn't played in decades, I'd I'd love that stuff. Yeah, that's um. That that that's like um, <laughs> when Zach was just on talking metal, he he uh, he mentions that Ozzy asked him, um, "Do you do you want to uh, do you want to open up with something special for the fans?" And he goes, "Yeah, how about Hole in the Sky?" <laughs> and Ozzy says to him, "You don't like me very much, do you?" He says, "I would be dead in a You're trying days. to kill me, Zach." that's great because that obviously was sung in such a high pitch Mm -hmm. back in the seventies. Right. That, um, it, um, I mean, for him to pull it off now would be next to impossible, but look at what, uh, David Coverdale, who who I'm not a a fan of in any shape or form, uh, unfortunately for, for all of you, uh, white snake fans out there, he's got, uh, uh, Dino Jerovicious, I think his name is, uh, from Animal Drive, and he was in. He did a project with George Lynch called Dirty, Dirty Shirley, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy's got an amazing voice, and during the pandemic, he's done several classic White Snake songs, covered them with Mike Portnoy and other big, uh, big time musicians, and so you can tell that he can do the stuff. So, oh, White Snake now has eight members and. <laughs> And Dino's going to join the band to play keyboards <laughs> and also sing on every song. But uh, okay, <laughs> you need somebody to hit that still of the night like high note. There, there you go. <laughs> Co- Coverdale. The, the lights will go out. The light will be on Coverdale. <laughs> He'll be miming it, but Dino will be in the back singing it. So, um. Who would who would uh, who would you pay big money to see in like a small small engagement like that? Hmm. Are we saying strictly deep cuts or like just for a small venue, like a very intimate venue? Either one, uh, dealer's choice, whatever you want right. to uh, share. Uh, I of course would say twisted sister but they play they do play uh they mix it up somewhat they'll throw in songs here or there but i, I would you know i'll take any twisted sister you give me um to, right. to no shock to anyone but uh <laughs> overkill would be really cool to get like a okay. deep cuts uh album which they're another one that's pretty good about playing you know a couple right. of random things here and there um yep I'm trying to think. It's uh, nobody's really coming to mind to like play like deep cuts, but for like an intimate setting, I would go with Twisted Sister again. <laughs> um, which for a while, it's pretty much what you had with Twisted Sister doing uh, or uh, small venues and stuff. I'll consider that intimate, right. but uh, I would love to see Alanis in like a super intimate setting, like if she was at the Saint. 
or something where, mm-hmm. you know, they it holds, you know, 100 people tops. Right. You know, anytime I've seen a show there, it's just really cool and intimate. And it's like you feel like you won a contest. That's how few people there are in there. <laughs> um, so that would be right. awesome because the last time I saw her, she was at the. It's a venue in Morristown. It's uh, they do like stage shows and stuff. Um, I was just Mayo. Yeah, that's it. Um, it was just her and her two guitarists, and they kind of did like just acoustic versions of like all the songs. But that was probably one of the best times I've seen her. And uh, it was just, it's a pretty small venue. I want to say it's a thousand people, maybe. So that's still a pretty small venue. But it was just mm-hmm. so cool. It was almost like uh, almost like a, a storytellers where it was just like she was just talking to people in the crowd and stuff. And like you could hear everyone like asking questions or something. She would interact with them. And it was just just really, really cool. So I would go for any kind of intimate thing like that. And right. Uh, so. Go ahead. No, Sorry. go ahead. I was going to say I was lucky enough to see um on my honeymoon i've told this story a million times as well ace freely in the viper room at uh in la and it was funny because i saw on twitter uh, ace freely closing out the um uh sunset strip music fest and uh it said um it said only 200 people $11 per ticket i'm like oh Okay. <laughs> so I remember as clear as day, my wife coming in through the door at the house that, uh, where we used to live and, um, and saying, Oh, by the way, we're going to see Ace Freely on our honeymoon. <laughs> and the first, the, the first question was how much the tickets cost? Like $11 each. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> so, um, and then, we're we're in there again, no cameras. I, I had a smartphone by this time. Uh but you know, I was scared to I was scared to uh take it out because I had been told that they were pretty strict with doing that kind of mm-hmm. stuff there with with allowing people to have cameras and that they'd they would throw people out. So least, uh hey Jeremy is just joined. At least us. you're only cool. out twenty two bucks though. <laughs> Right. Or or your uh, wife would be like, I'm not with him and stay and watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so the the way that the whiskey is set up is there's a stage and there's two booths off to the left. And the booths were roped off. And my wife says, Well, who's gonna be at the at the booth? And I'm like, Well, how do I know? <laughs> and next next thing I know, George Lopez, the comedian, shows up and he sits at the booth. And then like 10 minutes later, Slash shows up. And, you know, the uh, Ace had George come up and, and intro the um, the encore and intro and have call Slash up to the stage. And they did Cold Gin with, with Slash. So that was cool. So mm-hmm. I have been able to, uh, to see something small and intimate like that. So that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, uh, the artists are real people at those small clubs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yep. yeah, it was, it, it it was neat. Also, the the other funny thing was the Viper Room is so small 
that if they need to tune guitars, they need to go outside. <laughs> so so they wow. open the door, guitar tech goes out with tune Ace's guitars or Derek Hawkins, who's playing with him at the time. He would come back in and then hand the um hand hand the guitars over to them. <laughs> but that was that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um I can't blame you. I would even if it wasn't to see Ace, it would still be cool to see like a show at the Viper Room. You yeah. Know? Yeah, in all these absolutely. places, it'd just be like, oh, I got to see a show here. I don't care who it is. You know. Uh, let's see a, a a band in their prime. Band in their prime. I mean, um, Iron Maiden with Paul Diano for me. Uh, seeing Ozzy with Randy Rhodes. Mm. Yeah. Seeing Quiet, not quite right. Seeing Motley Crue during uh, Shout at the Devil. Um. Seeing Iron Maiden during the Power Slave tour, maybe. Kiss in the mid-70s or even early 70s, like some of that footage of them, just all the energy and all the hunger that was there that they needed to prove themselves. Mm. You know, I, lo- I love looking at that stuff, and it's so cool. Um, I'd also love to see them during the Creatures of the Night tour uh, because that's my all-time favorite album. So... Um, <laughs> Jeremy saw Aerosmith in their prime on the pump tour. Jeremy, I don't know if you're baiting me with that one. I I listen, I like pump, but I would say that Aerosmith's prime to me in my opinion is um is is like Aerosmith rocks personally. You know, it's something it's something mid 70s to me would would be their prime. I would I would actually love to see you know, ACDC with Bon Scott, just because of all the hoopla, mm-hmm. you know, and everything that was surrounding, you know, what a big deal uh, Bon Scott was. Um, I almost got to see, <laughs> I almost got to see Pantera, speaking of Sacred Reich, which I talked about earlier. So we had, we were comped tickets at the college radio station we were at. Uh, to see Pantera and Sacred Reich opening up at the Roseland in New York. Mm -hmm. And we get there, it was three of us, and there were only two tickets. And we're like, well, we're supposed to have four, supposed to be two for the the manager of the metal department and two for me, who was the assistant, who was actually the one in contact with their label. But anyway, so... um, so yeah, so so it um we're at the door and I'm like, yeah, we're we're not going to go in and like the the third person that was there with us who we kind you know, we knew but we weren't really familiar with him, you know, he worked at the station with us. He stopped in every now and then and um and he was like, "No, you know, you guys go in." And we're like, "Yeah, what are we going to do? Just leave you here on the street corner to wait until the show's over?" No, I'll I'll get a I'll get a cab back to back to Randolph. I'm like, yeah, and it'll cost you like a hundred bucks to to get back. I'm like, let's just fucking call mm. it a day, you know. Let's just go home. If you guys want, we'll stop at a diner on the way home. But that's that's about it. Um, what album was that on? But uh, that was um, Cowboys from Hell okay. and uh, Sacred Rights Independent. Okay, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was 91. So Vulgar hadn't come out yet. 
I saw Pantera on the Vulgar Display of Power tour. So I kind of saw them okay. like slightly before they really took off. Right. You know, so that was cool. It was right. uh, sk- before they were. Yeah, it was Skid Row, Pantera, and Ace Freely. Right. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and and that was right before Phil was too screwed up. To mm-hmm. Yeah, he could still sing like a mofo. A lot of yeah, 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 absolutely. Jeremy's saying he saw Dio in his prime. Mm-hmm. Thin Lizzy with Phil. Thin Lizzy with with Phil would be something absolutely amazing to see. I tell you what, Thin Lizzy with Phil, and I know for some people this is going to be blasphemous, but with John Sykes, uh, to me that uh, Thunder and Lightning album, I think it's called, to me is probably their heaviest album and probably the one that I like the most. And and yeah, um, Jeremy, Independent by Sacred Reich. Um, I have... And uh, the metal dentist Gabriel also has because we we got two copies at the station, gave one to him, and I kept the other one. <laughs> Signed autographed copies of that on vinyl when it wasn't available on vinyl. It only went out oh. to radio stations on vinyl. They they didn't sell it. So nice. Oh, so you got to see Sykes with with Thin Lizzy. All right. Well, you're a better man than me, Jeremy. <laughs> it's jeremy bringing the heat I, I instead of bread work... this time with the crazy like metal stuff yeah th- th- there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh my brother art is saying that he got to see acdc heat seeker great show it's technically blow up your video <laughs> but um Violent as hell, people being carried out all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember. I think that there were cars overturned at that, possibly, and at the. Uh, I know there was that an Iron Maiden show it was supposed to. Well, my friends went to go see Anthrax and Iron Maiden at the same venue, and they were going to get tickets for me to go as well. And and due to the uh, ACDC and Iron Maiden shows, uh, I was not permitted to go see that anthrax and iron maiden so i think the most violent concert i ever saw was the first Ozfest. okay and uh that was when i was at giant stadium um okay it was the very first one and the way it was said the floor was just general admission so a football stadium Mm size general admission and uh i was up in the the stand somewhere um at the opposite end of the stage. But that was perfect because <laughs> at that venue they had the the um the second stage was still in the inside the venue. So like you there was just nonstop music all day. You know, like you didn't have right. to go to like another part of the arena or something to see the second stage. So it really was cool just to see that stuff. But um Pantera came on and they started playing a new level. And you just mm-hmm. see people like coming down from like the the stands, like just down, down, jumping down to the field. And mm-hmm. from that, like the last row in the bowl to like the floor is probably a 10 to 15 foot drop. And people are just yeah. doing it. Yeah, yeah. They're just jumping and like hoping for the best. And like a couple people did it. A couple people didn't make it. 
and just like it, it was almost like a like a a joke that like there was just like these bodies piling up and i'm just like why are people still jumping you know but yet pantera kept like you know blowing through their set and just I, i'll never forget the waterfall like it looked like a waterfall of people just like pouring down to jump down and like just crashing and burning. I was like, why aren't they stopping? <laughs> and the, the other thing too, that at giant stadium, it was AstroTurf. So that's like jumping on the concrete from 10 to 15 feet up there. There's no given that it's not grass. No. So, and just, you know, not even aiming for like, Oh, I'm going to jump on like a merch truck and like, you know, break my fall and like hop down on that. And then down to the ground, they were just jumping from that. Right. And I was just like, Oh, to to quote uh, Jim Ross, they, they, they were jumping into the pool with no water. Exactly. <laughs> I thought you were going to say somebody so, stopped the damn match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. God, there you go. God is my witness. He's broken in half. <laughs> <laughs> you could easily overdub Jim Ross commentary to that moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That guy's got a family. Um, just the guy. <laughs> Jeremy, to answer you, a lot of the shows that we're talking about are more or less from the same venues. They're um, and and not even the same venues because they were all in the same like complex. The Giant Stadium, the arena, were all you know. It was all part of the same complex. There was a parking lot dividing them and there was a highway between them but there was a a, a bridge you can go over so you, they would make mm -hmm. you park at the if there was a concert at the um uh at giant stadium you would park at the at the arena and vice versa mm -hmm. the people that would park next to the stadium where the event was taking place were people that had vip parking so um and I mean, there, I mean, being in that area, there were a ton of clubs and a ton of different things that, um, <laughs> that, um, that people would go to. I mean, I, I know, I know people that would go to shows every weekend, like literally, mm -hmm. like they would go into the city and go to CBGB's every weekend, go to Roseland, go to, you know, the limelight when that was open, you know, so they would be catching bands that, <clears throat> that we didn't even know of, you know, because they were, they were small bands, but they were going in to see them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there was always something to see. Yeah. I very seldomly went into the city for like to a small venue for a show here or there, but I right. mean, going to Madison square garden was a piece of cake from New Jersey and take you take yeah. the NJ transit, like right under the the garden. Right. Yeah. Trains underneath yeah. and and that's it. I just did make go a, up some every so often you get like that stupid like bug up your ass that you're like, you know what, I'm gonna drive in this time. And it's like, why did I do this? <laughs> <laughs> it takes you an hour longer to get in yeah. and then, you know, fifty dollars after for parking. And that was years ago. <laughs> right. I was like, why do I do well, this the, to myself? The, the, <laughs> Hunkabunka's ballroom is the Starland now um but uh I yeah well actually the, 
before it was called before it was called the Starland? No. I, I feel like uh, this is just my memory. I know it's not the same place, but I feel like the Birch Hill closed and then Starland opened. I know it's uh, two different locations, but I I I believe that there were a few years between both. I'm not sure. Hunka Bunkas was, you know, always advertised on like Z100 and on uh, Hot 97 and stuff like that. This weekend at at Hunka Bunkas, we have uh, Pajama Party with the Cover Girls, and you know it was it was all it was all pop uh, music. It's or totally not even uh, ringing a bell at all. <laughs> well, since we listen to a little of everything, we we would always flip flop onto all these other stations as well in the area. I mean, the, the but not, not even in passing, like Hunka Bunka, like doesn't even yeah. ring any bells whatsoever. It was the Starland was hunka bunkas <laughs> like for a good part of the 80s and part of the 90s. It didn't become Starland until like late 90s, early 2000s, I think. Oh, yeah. um, and before it was hunka bunkas, it was called something else. I don't remember the name, but like um, in Randolph, you, you had obsessions. obsessions. Which was, yeah. Yep. Which was the final exam before that. And then since that, obsession, yeah, that I didn't remember. Yep, since the since obsessions, it's gone through like four or five other names. Mm-hmm. It, it's been Vegas, New Jersey, for uh, quite a few years now. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, do do they have shows or stuff there or no? No, it's like a wedding venue place now, okay. or like an event place. Okay, and uh, it's really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, well, a couple of years ago now we were looking for places to have our uh, our high school reunion. And I right. just happened to look there and uh, it was around the same time my wife and I were looking at wedding venues. Mm-hmm. We checked there and it was it was way more than we wanted to pay, like one hundred and eighty dollars a plate or something. I right. was like, no, <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, Not for us. So I, I don't even know what it is now, but. Yeah, but yeah, it's definitely sure. not a nightclub anymore. So, so somewhere, Ministries, uh, New World Order has to play somewhere else, I guess. <laughs> well, the the Wellmont in uh, Montclair is where a lot of these people are mm-hmm. going to yeah. as well, because the Ministry's gone the last few times, and that's. Yeah. I mean, I've never been there, but that's what like an old theater, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty cool venue. Okay, so it's, you've been um, there. Yeah, I've seen a few shows there. Um, I've also been there for, um, what is it? It's a weird New Jersey, like, flea market. Oh, okay. The, mag- the magazine does, like, yep. they haven't done it in a while, but uh, they used to do a flea market there. I just mm-hmm. had different vendors, and I had some friends vend there that I went to see them there. And uh, it's a cool place. Parking's a real pain in the ass, though. Right, okay. Yeah, Montclair yeah. isn't exactly the friendliest place to park, because I remember I would go to... Uh... Uh, a, a record uh, shop there. I forget the name of it now, but we'd have to park like I don't know how many blocks away and walk. Yeah. Like we, I finally figured out that there was like two blocks behind this like uh, shop right that in itself was like four blocks away. Like mm-hmm. if you went to the that block behind the shop right, there was always parking there. So it would be like a six block walk to the to the store. Right. 
but uh, and uphill, <laughs> and uphill. Mon- yes. Montclair's ice. At least that uh, that area of Montclair, like where the Wellmont is and stuff, that's just on a hill. Right, right. right. Know, it just seems like that. Just seems like a, a very uh, like mixed bag of stuff. You know, pretty much right. if you want something, just go to Montclair, like in that section, and there's there's a store of it of some sort. Yeah, I, again, I, I haven't been to Montclair probably in close to 20 years, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a number of years for me, too. You know, it's not exactly the, the closest thing, and there's really not, like, a lot going on except for the Wellmont if I go for something. Right. And, yeah, it's just, at this point, I, I really don't go to a lot of shows, and, you know, it's been that right. way for a few years. Like, it really takes a band that I really love that I'll be like, all right, I'll, I'll go out. (laughs) Right. Right. You know? Yeah. The, the last show that I think we got to see was, um, and, and I want to say three years ago, four years ago, maybe at this point was the Cavalera brothers. They were playing roots in its entirety. Mm -hmm. And, um, it just so happened that my my folks were here so that you know my my kids could actually stay with with someone at that point in time like now we're we're all right well um we we were looking at taking them to go see uh bad religion and suicidal tendencies mm-hmm. in the spring of next year but i don't know if that's going to be canceled or not or what the story is there i think that but, was the one um, you were talking to mark about right yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at that time they were saying that you're gonna have to do the the um, PCR tests, mm-hmm. and you know a PCR test costs seventy bucks a pop. And then you know there's the whole weariness. They're they're starting to talk about vaccinating um, uh, five to eleven years old, possibly in like two months. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I think we would definitely wait until they. Um, until they were vaccinated before doing anything like that. Right. So, uh, Jeremy, yeah, the, the question is, cause Jeremy's gone to quite a few shows. I mean, he's gone to a lot of different festivals in the UK, like download and bloodstock and, and stuff like that. What are some of the venues that you've been to Jeremy? See if Jer- Jeremy hasn't put on uh, Jamie's got a gun and turned it up to uh, turned it up to eleven <laughs> to, uh, to 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 drown our negative Aerosmith comments out. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, he's he's back. It's in between songs. It's in between um, uh, "Monkey on My Back" and. Um, and Janie's got a gun. Loads of venues, Manchester, Liverpool, London. But I think Jeremy established that Manchester's the closest to him. He's in uh in Norwich, I believe, or, or close to it, if if I remember correctly. And um, but London has to be several hours away, I, I believe. Let's see. I actually I'm doing a reversal of what Jeremy did to me. 
the other day where he says, Hey, is this show close to you? <laughs> and I said, well, it's in the same country. <laughs> <laughs> Northwich, not Norwich. All okay. right. My bad. In Glastonbury. Have you been to Glastonbury? He's been to, was it Leeds or, or Reading? I forget. Cause that's where he saw Royal blood, I believe. Been to Reading, Pennsylvania, if that counts. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there too, actually. But no, uh, the Reading Festival. Let's see, Northwich. Ah, okay. So I have it set to uh, walking. <laughs> because of all of the um no wonder you think everything's hours away from him <laughs> because, yeah. all right so walking from from northwich to uh to london is 57 hours but if we take the if we take a car there that's three hours and change but yeah man J J wow so jeremy has Jeremy has Liverpool and Manchester close, Stoke-on-Trent, which is where I believe David Bowie, Lemmy, and Slasher from there, if I'm not mistaken. Sheffield, which is where uh, Def Leppard is from, isn't that far either. And Leeds seems to be pretty, pretty close. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff. And also a crew. Okay, so I see crew as well on the map. So cool. Jeremy's got a lot of uh, different things that he can check out. So J Jeremy, just to give you an idea, and actually Blackpool isn't that far either. But I guess Blackpool is more known for the beach resorts and stuff. Buckley in Wales, okay. Have you ever seen any shows like in, um, okay, so you're saying that you've seen that in Wales, but have you ever seen shows in Scotland or anywhere else in the UK? What's the furthest you've driven to a concert, Victor? States or, um, or in Spain? It would be here because in the States, uh, I mean, well, that um, that Ace Freely show was, was in L.A., so that's the farthest I've traveled from home to. Uh, True, but th that's the, that wasn't that, your reason for going, though. I guess I should have been more specific. <laughs> well, maybe it was. <laughs> okay. So we went to way back when we went to see Motley Crue in um in in a city called in Spanish it's pronounced Zaragoza for the uh the English speaking crowd it's Zaragoza. <laughs> um that was at that point in time because there wasn't a highway to get all the way there. It was like five hours and something to get there. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I've driven to Madrid several times for festivals. That's like four and a half hours away. Uh, when I saw Priest with uh, Testament and Megadeth, that was like three hours away. So, I mean, where, where we are, where I am, you know, if you're lucky, shows will come to like Bilbao, which is like about an hour away, mm. if you're lucky. And there are certain bands that because they have a lot of fans there or they've had good experiences there, they'll come back. Again, going back to the Sacred Reich interview, Phil told me that they want to go back to Bilbao because they said the crowd was insane, that um, it was one of the best shows that they had played in the entire tour. So, and he said that it felt like an old school crowd. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> Jeremy, you went, um, did you go to university at Newcastle? I forget. You mentioned it once that you had gone to university. It was kind of farther away from, from where you are now. yes the first time i no i will say the first time that i saw motorhead was the iron fist video steve dropped out the iron fist video where um where i didn't get them they weren't playing the young ones on mtv yet but um i didn't get motorhead at all and I was into like Kiss and Motley Crue and Quiet Riot and stuff like that. And Lemmy singing up and the gravelly vocals just was not my thing. And I didn't understand why, um, why D. Snyder was giving him so much props years later. Come to find out why exactly that is. Um, but then seeing Motorhead on the Young Ones, by the time they were on the Young Ones, or by the time I got to see them on the Young Ones, I appreciated Motorhead. So to me, that was a big deal. But uh, yeah, the young ones had um, had uh, had Madness, had Motorhead, and there's a third band that I knew that was on there. Uh, San Mames, you get uh, ACDC, for example. Um, Guns N' Roses played there as well. But usually... There's there there's several venues in Bilbao. There's um there's one called Achoki, which is like in the center of Bilbao, which I've seen a few shows there. I actually I was invited to watch a show from from the stage at one point there. Um who else? Uh and, and there's another the the show that I saw with the Cavalera brothers, I got to see them. I saw Airborne on a different occasion, uh, Bonded by Blood and Lazarus AD on a different occasion as well at a, at a club called Santana 27. And that's more or less uh, a warehouse, a huge warehouse that's sectioned off by uh, by curtains. And depending on who's playing, they either play in one quote-unquote room or another. Every time that I've been there, 
for the most part, it was in the smaller like uh, rooms. And it was kind of cool because it was like a hundred, 200, 300 people crammed into the small room. So it was a hot, sweaty situation. It was, it's kind of neat. Um, but then when I saw airborne there and when I saw the Cavalier brothers there, they opened the entire place up. So um, it fit, I don't know, like 2000 people in there or something like that. I, I would imagine. So, um, Let's see. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, if it's any consolation, uh, the all, all of all of that old footage is on YouTube now. If if that was one of the uh the VHS tapes that I recorded over your old footage. Uh from here until until the day that I am uh six feet under. I will be reminded of recording Dragnet, World Cup soccer, and I forget what over um, Metal Mania and over a B fifty two special. So um, uh, had had I have realized what you know what I was getting into, or or, or that uh, other videotapes were available, you know, obviously it wouldn't have been what I would have done. So. Uh, Jeremy saying he once saw a band, Amazing Metal. There were only five in the room. No, I'm saying you could watch all that stuff now on YouTube. Not back then. I, I get it. YouTube was not available. The internet wasn't available. I don't think I've ever been to a show with just five people. There, I've, I've been to some low attended uh, shows before, but never five. Um. I want to think that I've seen local bands with, with just like friends of the band there. <laughs> you know, I've seen that mm -hmm. happen and said, oh, you know, this is an amazing show. Why don't more people come out? But unfortunately, the area, the, the area that we're from isn't a rock area. Spain in general isn't a rock country. So mm -hmm. it's unfortunate that you know, for them to get a crowd, they would have to, you know, go to a big city. But I think um, the smallest I ever saw was like 20 people. Okay. Possibly. Yeah, that and who was, would have uh, had it was, I don't know if you've ever seen the show Ace of Cakes. I think so. Uh, with Duff Goldberg. The, the the host has um has a bakery in New Jersey, right? No, that's Cake Boss. Okay, so I'm mixing the oh, two up. My yeah. Bad. Um, uh, so it's another one, but one of his uh, cake designers, she played bass in a band called the Squawks, and they were playing that's at great. the they were playing at the Saint, and I was like, oh, cool. I, you know, maybe I'll get to meet her. You know, so that would right. be cool. But I was thinking like, oh, Ace of Cakes is a pretty big show this is going to be like a, a crowded show. And there was right. like 10 people there, 20 people. So <laughs> it wasn't hard to meet her. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, well, then in this case, yeah. I hope you got to meet her. Yeah. And that it just seemed, it was awkward. I mean, I'm awkward anyway, but then like when there's not like a crowd or anything, it's just like, Hey, right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that was probably the, the least attended thing I've ever been to. 
where you know it's kind of, you don't you almost don't know what to do because obviously whoever's on stage they're looking mm-hmm. out and they're they're looking at you you know right. it's not like they're not looking at me there's like a sea of other people they could be concentrating on so it's like all right i i don't want to be rude and like not pay attention to them so it's like mm-hmm. what do what do i do with my hands <laughs> right 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 <laughs> you know this person's going to see if i'm not into it they're going to be like ew <laughs> kill him <laughs> yeah yeah they, they around here it's usually hey move up to the front of the stage we can't see you guys back there that type yeah. of a deal or no, hey, we don't bite. So I've been in those kind of a situations where, all right, there's 50 or 100 people in the club, but they're in the back by the bar. They're not up in front of the stage, you know? <laughs> so in any event, we're, we're going to start to uh, wrap things up here. Any uh, parting words, uh, Mr. Hoker? The usual, be good to one another. And, uh, you know, just, just be good. We need that. (laughs) Awesome. So on, on that note, I want to thank Jeremy. I want to thank Jose. I want to thank, uh, art who are all in the, uh, chat tonight. And I don't know if I'm missing anyone. Oh, Johan was here for a second. Johan did mention that, um, he gets, uh, he gets up at five thirty in the morning to to work, so um, it's hard for him to be up until midnight. But I appreciate that he did. Uh, he was able to show up and say hi for for a little bit there and let us know that he did get to see Nirvana back in '92, which is awesome. That that would be so. very cool. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, my brother went to the music den. Oh, so, he went um, to the the new one. Yeah, he. We've we've been talking about uh, instruments all week. Cool. Why does so? I thought uh, your brother lived in Florida for some reason. No. But, um, okay. Cool. He 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 lives in Chester actually. Oh, all right, perfect. So yeah, not, so, not as uh, close as we used to live to one another, but that's still pretty close. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Cool. So, um. In any event, thank all you guys for being here. As I always say, I appreciate you guys deciding to spend Fridays with me live. I appreciate all of you that listen to this back for the replay or watch the replay up on YouTube. Remember, go to MarsAttacksRadio.com for your one-stop shopping for links to all the social media platforms to where you can subscribe to the show or the live stream to find out about... um, um yeah there you go he works for a, a company in florida okay so that's that's where the florida bit probably came out right. but anyway yeah. um so yeah go to marsattacksradio.com and you'll find everything we have uh jeremy asked me to mention this we have next wednesday samuel from the swedish band uh manimal coming up that will be one hour sooner than usual, if I'm not mistaken. I have to recheck the schedule on that. And um, next Friday, we have uh, Drew Fortier, uh, author, director, and guitarist, whose band I featured during today's new releases, The Lucid, which also features Vinnie Dombrowski of Sponge, uh, Mike Heller of Fear Factory and Raven, 
And David Elveson, formerly of Megadeth, is in that band. And a really cool album. I listened to it a few times today, and it's really um, a, a mix of, like, 90s alternative rock with just, like, heavier uh, hard rock stuff. It's, re- it's really neat. So, uh, Jose, enjoy your your tortilla. Hopefully it comes out well. <laughs> so... Um, uh that 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 is it folks thanks once again and we will see you next time right here on the signals from mars live stream brought to you by the mars attacks podcast and vmrit web design and audio editing see you folks thank you for listening to the mars attacks podcast this concludes our show 